Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, friends. This is Stephen Daniel Arnoff, host and creator of Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. If you're a previous listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, well, pull up an ear and welcome to you too. Yes, it's been a while, but I've got a pretty good reason for the gigantic delay between part one and part two of bringing it all back home, which is still the last episode of season one of this podcast. What's taking me so long, you ask? Well, I wrote a book. The title is, you guessed it, About Man and God in Law, The Spiritual Wisdom of Bob Dylan. Look for the ebook in December 2021 and in print in bookstores and online everywhere books are sold from Morgan James Publishing in March 2022. Early reviews of said some humbling things about the project. Brilliant, enchanting, soulful, and a revelation. Those are wonderful words from some very serious people, and I am very grateful. I'm also very excited for all of you to read the book, too. If you want to get your copy before the rest of the world, visit www.mangodlaw.com. Sign up for our mailing list, and we'll make sure... You're the first in line for books, giveaways, and events, and maybe even all of the above if you like it. So please visit mangodlaw.com and get booked. And now, without further ado, the conclusion of Season 1 of Man and God and Law, bringing it all back home, right here on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Dylan was—he was a revolutionary man. The way that, the way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind. This is Bob Dylan, about man, and God, and law. Yes, I'm ready now. Then close your eyes. And tap your heels together three times. And think to yourself, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's, there's no, no place like home. There's no place like home.
face like home. There's no place like home. No Wake up, honey. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no Dorothy, Dorothy, dear. It's Aunt Em, darling. Oh, Annie Em, it's you. Yes, darling. Hello there. Anybody home? I, uh, I just dropped by because I heard the little girl got caught in the big... Well, she seems all right now. Yeah, she got quite a bump on the head. We kind of thought there for a minute she was going to leave us. Oh, but I did leave you, Uncle Henry. That's just the trouble. And I tried to get back for days and days. There, there. Lie quiet now. You just had a bad dream. Home is where it used to be. Home is No, we're not in Kansas anymore. Even if part one of Bringing It All Back Home was. Remember John Brown, Home on the Range, and Bloody Kansas? We listen to Remember, but the whiplash that Dorothy feels about home, not home, on her journey from Kansas to the Wizard of Oz, and the absolute relief she has reawakening and refinding home, it's a uniquely American twist on a mythic narrative as old as the Wicked Witch of the West must feel. The Wizard of Oz is an American dream myth journey inspired by much of the same raw material that inspires Bob Dylan's mythic American journey dreams as well, of ideas and places and ever-searched-for home. back when, in part one, we talked about the arc of narrative called the monomyth, whereby all of the stories we know tend to follow a similar pattern in three acts, beginning and ending at home. We traced Bob Dylan's story through these stages. Act one is the heroes or the soul's separation from the humdrum world most of us know. Being born in an ordinary world, any place, or a place like Hibbing, Minnesota. Then comes the call to adventure. Those voices on the radio. Little Richard and Buddy Holly, the sword and sandal flicks and westerns and literature that fueled Dylan's imagination. Then the meeting with the mentor. Think of Guthrie and many more. The crossing of the threshold and the approach to the calling. Bob Dylan himself covered this ground and a short period of time, even as he integrated these themes into his work. Act two of the monomyth is descent. That's the hero's central ordeal. And this is where we stopped last time. And it's actually where we'll end today as well. It's where we're going to start season two of this podcast in just two weeks. 
Dylan's Judas confrontation in Manchester, England on a searing 1966 tour in which he electrified and petrified audiences. And then the motorcycle crash that may have almost killed him led to a period of reclusion, creativity, and reassessment. We'll come back and linger with that descent and ordeal in a moment. But to finish the entire arc of the monomyth, Act 2 also comprises the hero's initiation, which includes reward, the road back, and the resurrection. Finally comes Act 3, truly bringing it all back home, a return to the place the hero began. With a revelatory elixir, or the magic the hero had been called to bring to the world, and for which they strove and suffered all along. The hero's journey results in his or her offering something to us that could not be found in any other way. We benefit from the hero's suffering, descent, and bravery, even as the hero discovers his or herself through these challenges. Now, rather than walking through each of these stages and aligning them with the heroic journey of Bob Dylan as a person, or as the characters of the mythic stories he tells in so many guises in his music, I want to linger with the ordeal, with the descent. It is for Dylan a moment, albeit a very famous and even legendary one, that captures an essential truth of the mythic gift Dylan brings to the world, his elixir, his magic. And in its own way, this moment ties to the theme of home, which also happens to bring me to what may have been the most important insight that I discovered in the past year writing my book. So what's the moment and what's the message? Bob Dylan, like any hero and as a model for any human being, is required by the sheer nature of existence to draw together fracture, brokenness, alienation, and loneliness to complete his journey. This is the journey of the soul, any soul. Fictional representations of the soul like Odysseus or Sete from Toni Morrison's Beloved or that anonymous singer-seeker in the magisterial Brownsville Girl, they map the odyssey of self-discovery possible for everyone. Neither we nor a hero would ever leave home if all was well there, if something wasn't missing. A storm embodies Dorothy's restlessness and literally uproots her from her home. Brokenness, exposure, that feeling when you're all alone. How to find a way to wholeness and thriving beyond those fissures. These are all grounded in the central question of Dylan's long and storied career. And the question is, how does it feel? That refrain from Like a Rolling Stone epitomizes both the ordeal and the gift of Bob Dylan. Oh, sister, am I not a brother to you? And one
shaped this question with its deepest resonance. How does it feel? Bob Dylan had to face and expect the isolation, rootlessness, and homelessness of being a rolling stone, and to ask himself and all who heard him, how does it feel? And this is his revelatory elixir, and his ticket home. Being able to ask himself and others, how does it feel? The answer is not just his or our answer. It's our entire culture's ultimate test. To know how to ask and how to listen to the answer to the question, how does it feel? In 1966, back in that moment of the ordeal, as he was facing taunts of Judas and writing epics of spiritual insight laced with disdain for the world as it was, Dylan rejected every suggestion that he was some kind of messianic figure, some kind of prophet. Maybe he had found the magical redemption of salvation on the jukebox and the radio, but it was his and the band's business alone what they wanted to do with it. journey ever since. The religious and family trips, the changes in style, the masterworks, and the discovery and dismantling of masterful songs. Dylan has kept walking in the same pathways, testing the same footprints, embodying the same monomyth and ordeal. But along the way, something did change. Maybe it was age, or spiritual insight or experience, or maybe it was a combination of the repetition of all of these things and a touch of good luck. 2020's rough and rowdy ways affirms the wholeness of Dylan's journey by being the precise opposite of its title. The same could be said of Dylan's return to performing in the recorded concert Shadow Kingdom after COVID-19 had pushed musicians off stages everywhere for what seemed like forever. This album 
and this performance, they were not rough, nor were they rowdy. They were tender, kind, reflective, and above all else, empathetic. Dylan turned 80 on May 24th, 2021, and he's earned a spiritual wisdom that challenges years of rough and rowdy in seeking a home in his homeland. Racism, political narcissism, lack of neighborliness, empty platitudes, isolationism, elitism, what do they all have in common? What's the one missing link amongst all of these lazy ways? Empathy. Only a person without empathy can hold a slave or judge another person by the color of their skin. Only a person without empathy can offer a home and then take it away, poison its water, choke its air, pockmark its streets, just to build a bigger mansion in the darkness on the edge of town. What Dylan demanded from the stage when he was called Judas was for all of those jeering or judging or wanting more from him to think for a moment. How does it feel? How does it feel to know what I know when I know it? How does it feel to be who I am or who I want to be? No one was ready to answer that question then. But more than 50 years later, maybe we can. It's a question that combines humility, confidence, faith, and acceptance as a kind of highest way of being a human. So does the answer. Well, Frankie Lee and Judas Priest, they were the best of friends. So when Frankie Lee needed money one day, Judas quickly pulled out a roll of tins and placed them on a footstool just above the plotted plane. Saying, take your pick, Frankie boy. My loss will be your gain. If you can feel, or at least try to feel, how the person next to you or singing to you feels, you just may have garnered enough of a fleeting sense of being part of something greater than your own isolated self to understand what the lessons of righteous sages, prophets, shamans, and seers of millennia have taught in every tradition. Empathy human and divine is the highest value we can carry. This is a direction to turn toward when you're on your own and feeling like a complete unknown. And this is what needs to be known. If that question, how does it feel, comes to be manifest in the openness of the home on the range of flat, expansive, expressionless Kansas in those wide open spaces and migrates toward a hard-won answer for sharing how does it feel with generosity and honor, this might be the beginning of turning in the direction of the most important journey of any person, nation, singer, or song. And it is definitely not a direction to travel alone. The direction is called empathy. It's called service, even, even holy service. 
this is the answer blowing in the wind that Dylan's America is missing. Empathy. And this is the direction home. It's grounded in the ordeal and it emerges in the return and reconciliation and salvation that is the beginning and ending of the story of this very contemporary hero's journey in order to find a way home. And that's where we're going to leave this final episode of season one. The last word comes from a set of riddles that Dylan composed not long after he was called Judas. A song written just months later, Dylan had gone underground in Woodstock, into the basement to heal and rehear himself and in a kind of hiding and bundles of esoteric wisdom came pouring out. What kind of house is this, he said, where I have come to Rome? It's not a house, says Judas Priest. It's not a house, it's a home. Isn't it interesting that the very same Judas, the accused and accusing one, a mythic figure of betrayal Dylan himself was cast as, that this same Judas appears on John Wesley Harding, the album arriving following the insult that Dylan cast down by saying, I don't believe you. And as is often the case, Dylan flips the assumptions of the narrative and myth that could have engulfed him on their heads. Once again, (laughs) rearranging their faces and giving them all another name. No one tried to say a thing when they carried him out in jest. Except, of course, the little neighbor boy carried him to rest. And he just walked along alone with his guilt so well concealed and muttered underneath his breath, nothing is revealed. No one tried to say a thing when they carried him out in jest. Except, of course, the little neighbor boy who carried him to rest. Just walked along alone with his guilt so well concealed and muttered underneath his breath, nothing is revealed. Well, the moral of this story, the moral of song is simply that one should never be where one does not belong so when you see your neighbor carrying something help him with his load and don't go mistaking paradise for that home across the road Judas wandering Jew dust bowl oaky balladeer pilgrim seeking refuge in a city on the hill, a witness for Baby Blue, a middle-aged man lost in the fog of the highlands, or an old man containing multitudes. What lesson does young old Bob Dylan teach us to linger upon after being called Judas? What lesson shines through even brighter today? It's this. So when you see your neighbor carrying something, help him with his load. Don't go mistaking paradise for that home across the road. Is that no place like home? 
I say home, home, sweet home. When Bob Dylan heard the cry of Judas from the stage in Manchester, he didn't just say, I don't believe you, to the person who had insulted and tried to isolate him. But to the entire audience, really, he was angry, and he blew that audience away with a raging like a rolling stone. But the ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas Priest is a precursor for a lifetime of spiritual wisdom that was to come and how anger melded itself into understanding and ultimately empathy for how even the one who cries Judas might feel. Things have changed. Again, drawing a line from Manchester more than 50 years later, in the spring of 2020, with the release of Murdermost Fowl, Dylan's message was one of empathetic grace. He posted on social media, Greetings to my fans and followers with gratitude for all your support and loyalty across the years. Stay safe, stay observant, and may God be with you. I don't believe you had become thank you for believing in me. Thank you for listening to me, for standing by me. It also says, believe in yourself, because my music, my question means I stuck with you too. A person must find a home within her skin in this life, like Dorothy, to be observant, self-observant, to accept family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, the whole of Maggie's farm, and will herself home the way that Dorothy did. You have to know how it feels to be alone to do that on your own, and then you discover something everyone else needs from you too. You look around, you look around to others, and ask the same for and from them as what you need to give. Empathy. This is the hero's elixir and the redemption to renew Dylan's spiritual home, in his music, maybe even in his life, and it's embedded in the question, how does it feel? To listen to both the answer and the question for oneself and others, as carefully as one would listen to a new epic in the middle of a plague by Bob Dylan. And that's where the journey ends with Dylan, even as it will continue to renew itself after 50 years since Frankie Lee and Judas Priest, and maybe for another 50 more. There are some hard hard questions about Bob Dylan out there right now, and we'll address them next time. But keeping in mind all along, there is a standard that Dylan sets for empathy, for asking and knowing how it feels. It is a bar for truth for all of us to reach for, especially Dylan, and especially now. We've come a long way in season one, from salvation to memory, death in America, and love and law, but in the end, we finally got home to a place quite familiar. Only a little different in knowing that the essence all along was to ask and to listen to the greatest question of the greatest song in rock and roll.
long-awaited final episode of season one of Bob Dylan about man and God and law. We did wait a while for this one, but you won't have to wait much longer for the next. I'll be posting new episodes every two weeks, expanding on themes and questions of Bob Dylan and rock and roll's spiritual wisdom from my book in the first monthly installment and in the second, reflecting upon, explaining, juxtaposing, and gleaning meaning from the holy holy moly moments of our world each month through the lens of Bob Dylan's music. I'm looking forward to sharing all of that with you. Visit mangodlaw.com to find out more about the book and everything else, and please do follow, subscribe, and share the podcast wherever podcasts are found. We are proud to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Next up in two weeks, episode one of the second season of About Man and God and Law. That will be a user's guide to getting to heaven before they close the door. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Mr. Watts, and see you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.